There's got to be an explanation to all these UFO sightings, right? Hey, it's Stephen Diener, host of the Unidentified Alien Podcast. And whether you're new to the conversation or have been looking into it for years, you need to check out the fastest growing alien show out there, the Unidentified Alien Podcast, or UAP for short. There's a crazy amount of alien encounter stories out there from all over the world. And the beauty of it is that I bring them all to you and let you decide what you believe. Download and subscribe to UAP on any of the major podcasting platforms. And you can also find it on UAPpodcast.com. Yes, yes. Welcome in to another edition of the Tim McKernan Show live on podcasts from the HomeLoanExpert.com studios. I'm Tim McKernan doing a radio voice for no particular reason alongside my executive producer of this fine presentation, John Seymour. And uh, joining us on the uh, phone lines for another edition of Picking and Groaning, looking into the upcoming weekend's uh, college football and NFL action is the great producer joe hello producer joe good morning afternoon evening yeah it does, sure whenever you... whenever you're podcasting we welcome you yeah. now last weekend uh i got i got shipped and you you send over a spreadsheet uh to keep track of where we are in the maggie o'brien's picks of the week on the ryan kelly morning after uh but as, as it turns out uh, you made a mistake and gave me an extra win that i did not deserve uh yeah and uh, and and I actually went one and six, one and six. I don't know if either one of us have ever gone winless. I would imagine it's had to have happened, but one oh, and, I'm sure I have. Yeah, I, I I probably have, but I was on a heater on college football, and I went over over four on college football, and was lucky to get one, so I didn't get shut out. And you went four and three. Yeah, I, I went four and three, three and one in college. My uh... I was pounding my chest about Georgia Tech being undefeated against the spread. That was when uh, you lost. And, and how about that is that they come out and it was 14-13 at half. They were up on, on UVA. They come out and it's 28-13 within four minutes in the second half. Georgia Tech was up 28-13. Uh, yeah. And you were laying yeah, like nine, uh, nine and a half. Is that right? Nine and a half. And so I, uh, I was actually sitting in a tree stand. Perfect. Um, and and monitoring it, and I'm feeling really good. And, heck, not even three minutes later, and it's back to, I guess, 28-27. The beginning of that second half, uh, points just started flying all over the place. And, yeah, I ended up going 3-1, and one, and then I went 1-1 one and one in my soccer pick, so I ended up, I guess, going 5-4. and four. I do feel good about the fact that the soccer pick that I really did like was the one that hit and not the one that I was kind of lukewarm on with the, the uh, Chelsea and United game. But, uh, yeah, I'll take, yeah, one, I I'll take and one and one. That was, uh, here's how bad my weekend was, and I could, but it's how bad it was. Uh, I, I was watching Missouri. It was 7 nothing, and they were moving the ball on Florida, and I went in to look at the live bet, and the number was 56-and-a-half, if I'm not mistaken, either 55-and-a-half, 56-and-a-half. And I'm like, oh, God. That's, there's no way they're going to score more than that. So I go to live bet the under. I click in my bet, and I go, oh, shit. I just bet the over by mis- by mistake, and fortunately, mm-hmm. the over hit. Because I'm sitting there going, oh, my God, the under is a lot. That's how, that's how off I am right now. So ideally, I write the ship this weekend. Uh, but, but here's the thing. Uh, for, for the purpose of picking and groaning, and, and I got an email from a gentleman. 
Uh, I believe his name was Pete Eichholz, and I thought he made a very good observation. And he said, you know, you guys are doing your picks, and I get that you have to do the games that you do because they're the big games of the weekend in both college football and the NFL. But on a number of those games, both of you said you're not really sure. You probably aren't going to bet it. You're kind of like, yeah, I don't know. Although I yeah. really I really did like Florida uh, for certain, and I really liked another one that didn't cover. Uh, and I can't remember which one that was, but I know I liked Florida. I did like Dallas just because I thought it was weird. But at the time when we were picking it, by the way, we thought Ezekiel Elliott wasn't playing, so that's not fair. Correct. Uh, so that, that, that needs to have an asterisk next one. That's the one I got right, so I really shouldn't even get credit for that. <laughs> but uh, the guy said, and I thought this was a really good observation, do your you know, do your picks that you get the games that are the big games of the weekend, but it would be cool to hear games that aren't necessarily big games that you really like and include those. And then, because that is true. I mean, oftentimes, well, all the time, we've been doing this for six years, I think, six or seven years. And we're just picking, you know, a Missouri game, a Rams game. We might not have a feel on it. And then the big games of the weekend this weekend, we're doing four college and two NFL because mm-hmm. there's a lot of good college games. Uh, and we don't, we might not really feel strongly about it, but we're making picks. So in this case, I've gone through the schedule uh, and uh, I do have a number of games in college I really like. Mm-hmm. And if I weren't coming off such a terrible weekend, uh, I would be able to to throw my dick down on the council here and go, here, let's let's follow me to freedom because I had won 10 of 11 in college going in. So I realized people might be wanting to fade me this weekend. But I see these and I'll give the explanation as to why I like them. Uh, and you're going to do the same. So in addition to uh, Missouri and Tennessee and Georgia and Auburn and Notre Dame and Miami and TCU and uh, Oklahoma and then the Rams uh, and they are uh, taking on the Texans in L.A. And uh, who do your Falcons have? Because that's kind of becoming a debacle. Well, they got the Cowboys, baby. Yeah, the, the Cowboys. The uh, and there's some health questions on uh, the wide receiving side for both teams there. But uh, we will also have our lock of the week, the one that we like the absolute most, and then some additional games. And, and I, I do, even though I don't know what the hell you're talking about with the soccer games, it doesn't matter. If, if, if you're like, I really like it, and I'm like, okay, I'll throw 100 bucks on it. What do I care? Uh, you know, I'm, I'm riding your usual, I would know, 65% success rate on your, your soccer plays, so it's profitable. So therefore, that's that's what we're going to do with picking and groaning this week. Uh, so we're changing it up a bit because I just think I just babbled on, and on top of it, I had just gotten done interviewing Alder Woman Megan Green for an hour and a half, then Lisa Ann with Jennings, uh, and then I did uh, our segment, and I was looking for games as we were talking about them, and I just didn't put in the word. Bottom line is I still made terrible picks, and I went one and six, and it was a horrible thing, and it bothers me, and I need to write the ship. So let's start the writing of the ship here with going over the games that are the big games either nationally or locally, and that starts with Missouri and Tennessee. The number started at Missouri minus nine. It is now up to 11. It's a Saturday night game on the SEC Network. Producer Joe, where are you on this one? I, uh, you know, at this point in the year, outside of what the top, I guess you go all the way to Wisconsin and the CFB rankings, that you start looking at teams, what are they playing for? Is there is there some type of motivation, whatever it happens to be? And Missouri, uh, right, I mean, listen, you know, years and years of going down to Shreveport to play in the Independence Bowl tells you how much bowls actually mean. But there is something happening, and a lot of times it's based on who are you playing. But when you're finishing up three of your last four, including last week, with coaches who are either getting fired, have been fired, or or are on the hottest seat around, that being Arkansas with Brett Bielema, you're running into a perfect situation. So I do think something's happening there. Um, and there's a goal that they want to get to a bowl game. 
and it would have been really easy for them to quit, you know, when they're sitting at what two and five, um, and just kind of chuck it in after a bad year last year, and they've taken advantage of, of what's been presented to them. And so Tennessee, on the other hand, yes, they won last week. Um, no, I don't think anybody watched it, nor do I think anyone cares. Um, they beat Southern, for the record. Yes. Uh, that 11 points is a lot, but I don't see any resistance. Like It's the ultimate team that if you're able to get up early on them, heads are just going to drop and it's going to be, we're going through this again. And they've taken beatings this year and haven't fought back. That Georgia game, uh, that was over nearly at halftime. The Alabama game was an ass-pounding that uh, I can see Missouri getting up in Tennessee, kicking the bucket, knowing what everybody else in the state of Tennessee knows that Butch Jones is going to be gone and realizing, well, this isn't a head coach that I really have to go out and give everything to. Um, so I'm on Missouri minus the 11. I'm with you on Missouri minus the 11, and I do like the game. Um, I, I like it so much. It kind of scares me. Uh, my logic on picking Florida last week was I thought there was a great deal of frustration slash distraction with what was going on with Jim McElwain. Randy Shannon comes in there, uh, makes a bunch of changes to the staff and also to the quarterback situation. I figured that was a wake-up for what had to be a talented roster and clearly not the case. And I truly don't know what the man was doing kicking field goals down. I think it was 28-6. to six. It, was, <laughs> it was absolutely bizarre, and I did care because I had the over, and so I was actually monitoring at that point. Um, so that tells you a lot about that. But Tennessee has been uh, in the similar category as Florida here for the last few games. And the thing about Missouri is, you know, the the, the darkest time was the three-game stretch in, in September with losing 31-13 after having a 7 nothing lead on South Carolina, the Purdue thing across the board, and the Auburn thing across the board, which then led to Barry Odom's explosion after that game. But since then, they did play well against Kentucky, um, I thought the issue with the officiating at the end was overstated a bit because you did give up 40 points to Kentucky. Um, and they did get out of the gate quick at a team with in Georgia who really uh, has not been giving up points, even though I recognize people are more focused on how great that rushing attack is. And they put up 28 there. And then ever since, it's been just beating the hell out of teams, Idaho, UConn, and Florida, albeit terrible teams. Florida f- or Tennessee falls into that same category. It's just reality. Mm-hmm. And I think the number is low, and therefore there's an edge for the gambler. I think that's why you've seen the number move up. I don't think this is a case of Sharps betting it up to take Tennessee. And therefore, I'm on Missouri, and I really like the play uh, in addition to being on Missouri. Now, there is a huge game in the SEC, and I know you like your Georgia Bulldogs in general. Uh, They're down on the Plains this weekend for the big game in the Southeastern Conference. Heading to a team that actually is number 10 in the college football playoff rankings in Auburn. Kind of left for dead uh, a month ago. And here is War Dam Eagle, I'm sure, regretting blowing that lead against LSU. But some think that if they do win out, which would mean beating Georgia, uh, beating Alabama, and then beating Georgia again, that if things fall the right way, they could actually find themselves in the college football playoff with two losses. That, is, of course, is reliant on other things around the country and the other conferences. But Auburn hosts Georgia this weekend uh, at Auburn, uh, Producer Joe, and the number is Georgia minus only two and a half. The number one team in the country. Where are you on this one? This goes back to, uh, and I'm sure you remember it, the 2002 Georgia Bulldogs team. Uh, David Green was their quarterback. That was, uh, what, year two with Mark Rick? Very similar. Year two with Kirby Smart. That was a really, really good Georgia team. They ended up winning the SEC, won the Sugar Bowl that year. Um, 
they had a this time of year game against Auburn. Uh, late touchdown to Michael Johnson in the back of the end zone from David Green. They ended up winning that game, covering that game as well. I was living in Tahoe at the time, and uh, I remember gambling legally there, actually, walking into a casino and placing a bet um, on that game. And there's one thing that, that look, I, I think Auburn's really good, and one thing holds them back, and I think it's going to be Gus Malzahn coaching decisions. And like it was cute when you talked about it with Les Miles and his inability to, to control the clock and actually look like he had any clue whatsoever at the end of halves and the end of games. But Gus Malzahn, it's more coaching decisions and, and what play calls and where things go uh, tight and late. And I think this one's going to be too big for him. Um, I think it'll be close into the fourth quarter. I can see Georgia winning probably by uh, feels like a seven to ten point win. Um, but I do. I like Georgia. And you're right. I mean, Auburn wins here. That they'd, they'd be the best two-loss team in the country just based on resume and the teams that they've had to play. But I don't see them winning either of the games. And uh, everything kind of coming out for Georgia. and Winning this game here, I think, uh, based on what you're expecting to see, um, you're going to see uh, you're going to see Georgia uh, end up in the SEC championship game and undefeated at that point. And I think at that point it's a foregone conclusion they'd be in the playoff. I uh, agree with you. You're going to see Georgia in the SEC championship game. That's already been determined. I think they lose here, though. Uh, the two and a half points are a luxury. Auburn is uh, a team that. I think because you do have the top heavy element of the top two teams in the country being in the SEC, that they're kind of flying under the radar. Uh, they have a, a grand total of, of two losses. One is at Clemson, which was a very tight game. It's the second week of the season. That's 14 to six. And they're one like quarter and a half away from being uh, undefeated in the SEC. And so I just think there's some hype getting caught up here and you're playing at Auburn, this is a damn good team, a team that has really annihilated a couple of teams in the SEC. Uh, they beat Mississippi State 49 to 10. Uh, and yeah, I understand that, but they also, uh, you know, Ole Miss is no good. They beat them and they were beating the hell out of LSU. And then it just absolutely blew it. Arkansas is dreadful. They beat them. And then they went down to College Station. And that game, I guess, wound up being a push because point spread. I don't know if it changed before the game. I didn't bet it. Uh, but I'm going to take Auburn on this one. I kind of would rather see Georgia win because I'd love to see Auburn and Al- or excuse me, Georgia and Alabama play both undefeated. But I think Auburn is going to play spoiler here for the SEC as a whole. And uh, I am going to take war, damn eagle, and the two and a half points. Uh, let's take a look at another one. I am going to be down in Florida. Now I'll be on the Gulf side of the state uh, in, in, in Sanibel. And I'm kind of tempted for Catholics versus convicts, uh, the first time it's mattered in a long time and shooting across Alligator Alley uh, a couple hours to go to Hard Rock Stadium and see this one. I cannot wait to watch it. I did not think Notre Dame was going to be any good this year. I didn't think we were going to be watching two of the top four teams in the country, two of the top three teams in the country, back in September when they met. And it was a one-point game. Who knew that that was going to be as significant as it was? Notre Dame is giving three to Miami. What do you got? Uh, I think Miami has been on the right side of luck in one possession, one score games this year. And, you know, last year, they, uh, Mark Rick was on last night uh, on the playoff show. And, you know, last year they lost close games. This year they're winning close games. And, you know, there, there's something to be said for it being able to win the close games. But a lot of times it, it really is um, a lot of luck involved. I don't think that they've played necessarily a really tough schedule because the ACC 
I don't believe to be all that good. Um, and I think their luck runs out. I think Notre Dame is probably a touchdown to 10 points better than they are. And granted that they're, they're playing at home at Miami, but this isn't Miami in the early 2000s and the Miami of the 80s. You know, it, it is, uh, it, it's a different environment there. I think they're probably two years away. Um, and so I do. I like Notre Dame covering it and essentially wrapping themselves up in a place to make it to the college football playoff. That uh, just the way that their schedule shakes out. Stanford dealing with injuries and, and isn't really all that good either for Notre Dame. Um, and so they're going to win out and they're going to have the best loss in the country. Notre Dame, a uh, three-point favorite. The number started at two and a half. It's gone up a little bit. And uh, I, I w- this would have been an easy play and a play I would have really liked had uh, Miami not beaten Virginia Tech the way they did. That was that was surprising to me. I wouldn't have expected that. Not to say that I wouldn't expect them to win, but I didn't expect them to win win by 18 points. Because uh, because I was monitoring the same thing you were. I know you watched your Georgia Tech team down there, and that was narrow. Uh, they've had so many close ones, whether it be North Carolina, who's horrible, Syracuse, uh, and then Georgia Tech, and the and that's three of the last four going into Virginia Tech. But I still go with Notre Dame here, uh, and I think they will win by in the in the realm of around ten, and so therefore there's a nice edge there for a gambler on that three point spread. I, Notre Dame right now statistically thirty five percent to 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 win out. That would mean beating Navy in South Bend and then winning in uh, in Stanford here to finish things off. And if they do, you would have to think. They get into yep. the college football playoff unless somehow the, the, the committee goes, okay, we can't keep an undefeated Wisconsin team out if Wisconsin gets in there. We'll talk about Wisconsin in a bit. So I'm on Notre Dame as well. Final college game we are taking, we are both uh, taking, is TCU at Oklahoma minus 6.5. TCU at Oklahoma minus 6.5. Producer Joe, what you got? Uh, I'm going to take points in this one. Um, I think TCU is good, obviously, and I think – there's there's something about Oklahoma that scares me, and I realize that Bob Stoops isn't there any longer, and Baker Mayfield is probably the front runner for the Heisman at this point right now. Um, but there's something about them that scares me, and in a big game, and I guess it probably goes back to the Stoops thing. Uh, I'm not going to play this one personally. I'm going to play the total. I'll tell you that. Uh, but there's something about it that just doesn't that just doesn't work for me. Um, and I'll, I'd rather just take the points. I think it ends up being pretty close late, and uh, Oklahoma may win it, but I don't see them covering, you know, virtually winning by a touchdown and getting the six and a half. It's a tough one. I agree with you. I wouldn't play it either. Uh, I would take. T- I am taking TCU in the six and a half points. Uh, I, I, I do value in college football. Part of this is my recent conversation with Gary Pinkle on this podcast, how it would drive him up the wall that nearly every year they were in the Big 12 if they played Oklahoma one week, the next week they played Nebraska, or if they played Nebraska the one week, then they would have Oklahoma the next week. And it's just so tough to deal with back-to-back games like that. Now, in Oklahoma's case, unlike, say, when Missouri beat Oklahoma in Columbia and then they had to travel to Lincoln, Oklahoma's in a good spot if they were uh, in, in Stillwater on the road, and now they get to host TCU. But still, I think TCU's a really, really good team. Uh, that's not to say I don't think Oklahoma is. Uh, but I think they kind of are flying under the radar a little bit in comparison to Oklahoma coming off the high of winning a game that a lot of people are talking about and having the Heisman equity right now with Baker Mayfield. And I think there's value on that six and a half points that could come into play on a game that I don't necessarily think is going to be uh, uh, where I would monitor that point total. I know you're going to get to that momentarily, but uh, I'm taking TCU as well. Hey, those fighting Rammies 
are uh, six and two and in first place in the NFC West, <laughs> and they are hosting the Houston Texans and the great Tom Savage. Uh, and giving 11 points. I don't know the last time I can recall the Rams being double-digit favorites. For real. I don't know uh, when it would have been. No. Do you know? No. Do you actually know this? No, I don't. I'll look it up, and I'll text you later on. But my my guess is it has to have been God, at least 10 years. Oh, you know, more, I mean, more the last than that. It has to be more than that. The last, well, that, 2000 and, that 2006 team was, what, 8-8? Eight and eight? So there may have been a team inside that uh, on that schedule that you know, may have been facing injury. I mean, here's, you know, I'm on the Rams, by the way, minus the 11. And, and you know, I, I, I don't believe I'll watch a second of the game. Um, but I'm wondering what the line would have been with Deshaun Watson because got, the Texans looked terrible last week. Right. And, you know, a, a week after the most thrilling NFL game of the season between the Seahawks and the Texans, I'm wondering what the number would have been. I think the Rams still would have been favored, but it probably is down in that, that – Two, two and a half range, I would think. But yeah, I'm on the Rams. You got to have insurance anyway, so let's make sure that you're doing business with somebody who is sponsoring this podcast. James Carlton of the James Carlton Agency, a State Farm Insurance Agent. You have to have insurance already. Why not make to the switch to a local business that's a supporter of this here fine presentation and of the local community and also represents the number one company in the industry? And that's James Carlton. Carlton. Text quote to 314-961-4800. That's quote to 314-961-4800. And one of his incredible team members will reach out to you. Or you can just visit carltoninsurance.net. He has a massive team of seven. If you need something, it's going to get done. He prides himself on that team. I've met the team. I've been in the office. And you can see why they have the reputation they do. They have achieved the chairman circle two years in a row, and that's the Lombardi Trophy of State Farm Agents. Only two agencies in the St. Louis area can say that. They're a strong supporter of the local community. As a matter of fact, here coming up, that they're going to be doing this holiday season as they post up at the Webster Grove Starbucks uh, the Wednesday before Thanksgiving and then treating everyone that comes in from 7 a.m. to 8 a.m. as a way to give back to the community. And also on December 16th, they do free gift wrapping. Uh, and you don't even have to be a customer and encourage people who take them up on it to leave a donation for Cardinal Glenn. And that's the kind of operation the James Carlton Agency is, both commitment to the community and then also commitment to giving you top-of-the-line service. Text quote to 314-961-4800. One of his incredible team members will reach out to you or visit carltoninsurance.net. If your insurance costs a leg and an arm, then call James Carlton State Farm. Uh, I understand people being on the Rams and taking, again, attempting to take emotion out on this whole thing. I'm just not sold. I think right now there's value, even though it's the Texans. And that's tough because the Texans did look terrible. I watched, you know, I have all the NFL games going on because of all my DraftKings teams. And I'm watching this and I'm going, my God, this just shows how big of a difference this team is without Deshaun Watson. Uh, but I just, I, I, think, I think the other thing that was not necessarily noticed was the Giants, A, suspended Janoris Jenkins, and B, their secondary is just absolutely beat to hell. And so that was the ideal matchup for the Rams. And you just look at who they've beaten. And, you know, I mean, my, I guess their best wins, the Jaguars or the Cowboys, depending on your, your viewpoint of those teams, they're kind of yeah. opposite styles of teams, that's for sure. Um, but the rest of it's just, it's a, it's a, jackass festival and I grant it the Texans are as well I, what they will do against the Saints and the Eagles uh, will really be an indication of where they are because I just don't know what this team truly 
is. Uh, so I'm going to take the Texans and the 11 points. I would be shocked if the Texans won the game, but I like the value of having 11 points. And finally, in the NFL, we we're just talking about the Cowboys. Uh, they are on the road at the Falcons. I would imagine a lot of people, just because A, the Cowboys are a public team, but B, they're coming off that uh, win in a game that uh, all the country got, which was Kansas City in Dallas last week, uh, will be on the Cowboys because they're getting three. And right now, the Falcons have a lot of negative public perception. Uh, first off, you have some injuries there. Julio Jones' situation is up in the air. They've played really poorly. Uh, but they're giving three to the Cowboys. Producer Joe, where are you on this? Uh, I'm going to take the Falcons still in a game that doesn't make a whole lot of sense. Uh, but I- I'll take it and I'll lay the points. It doesn't feel that way. Their defense is actually, I think, playing better. Might not be you know, metrics-wise be better than the Super Bowl team from last year. But the offense is just garbage. And it doesn't make any sense. Kyle Shanahan was a really good thing for Matt Ryan and for the offense. I realize that if they would have run the ball one time, they'd probably end up winning the Super Bowl. I get that. But not having him and, and Steve Sarkeesian hasn't done a good job. But I still think they're a playoff team. And winning this, I think, gets them back into that conversation as being a playoff team. That's the best division in football with those three teams, with the Panthers, the Falcons, and, and the Saints, I think, uh, of those, you know, of the, of the, what, six divisions or eight divisions, pardon me, that uh, they're the best, or it's the best division. But I, I'll, I'll take the Falcons and lay the points and feel all right about it. Tough one to pick. I like your contrarian theory because if, if you were saying, okay, Cowboys at Falcons, what do you think the number is? This is, of course, operating on the assumption that Julio Jones is going to play. Uh, I would say that it would be in the realm of a pick. So to see the Falcons giving three and then also knowing the history of the Cowboys being one of the worst teams against the spread because they're a public team, um, I'm going to go along with you on this and go counterintuitively with the Falcons. Uh, it doesn't make sense, and it has nothing to do necessarily with evaluating the two teams. It's watching the NFL and seeing things go opposite of the way the public expects more often than not, and therefore I'm on the Falcons as well. All right, so you have a bunch of games that you like. I have some games that I like. Do you have any soccer plays lock- for us before we, I, go, to, before lock- we go to our locks of the week? Okay. Uh, no, this is a uh, this is an international week, so you've got some uh, some World Cup qualifier playoffs taking place this week, and the United States is playing a fantastic friendly against Portugal um, that carries no weight whatsoever. Okay. And so, no, I don't I don't I don't tend to play these. I do. I'm looking forward to the Italy and Sweden uh, home and home playoff to see which one of those two countries is going to get into the World Cup. But no, nothing that I would what I would I would advocate wagering wise with soccer. All right, fair enough. Nothing soccer wise. What are your football plays for the audience? These are plays you are wholeheartedly endorsing. Uh, I've got a thirteen point fourteen college teaser, Tim. What in the name and, of the Lord, a thirteen point fourteen college football teaser. Yes. Uh, right. So you're sitting minus one thirty on it, but uh, and it all stems from listen, Ohio State has to win this week you know Penn State losing last week helps them at least being able to win that side of of the Big Ten they are a 16 point favorite against Michigan State Michigan State coming off of the win against Penn State Um, I'm going to take Penn State or Ohio State knock them down to three I'm going to take Alabama who's a 13 and a half point favorite against Mississippi State knock them down to a half point I'm going to take Iowa 
and raise them up. They're an 11.5-point dog. I'll take them up to 24.5 against Wisconsin, which I could almost see as being, uh, as being an upset special with Iowa knocking off Wisconsin this week outright, but I will definitely tease them up. And then finally, and imagine, you know, it's already a fantastic weekend of college football that if Florida State wouldn't have shit the bed this year, you could have had Florida State and Clemson this weekend as well yeah. on top of the on top of the other three games that are so important. But I'll take uh, Clemson, they're minus 16, knock them down to a field goal favorite for a uh, – it feels like a home run, four-teamer, absolutely. Wow, there it is. The four-teamer has officially been advocated. Are there any games straight up that you like outside of advocating a four-team college football parlay, which is not something I can wholeheartedly endorse? It is a teaser. Uh, I will also teaser, bet against yeah, sure. Kansas. I'll bet against Kansas straight up with Texas, minus 34. Um, yeah. I, it, it, it's the safest play around, betting against Kansas. Uh, that, that one I do like. I have that one circled. And, uh, and no, I don't advocate taking Penn State minus the 31 against Rutgers. Um, they, they, it just, I'm questioning the motivation on their end this week. But, no, that would be the only straight-up play that I absolutely love outside of uh, the games. Because I do like the games that, that we picked this week. Uh, in terms of uh, our college plays. All right. Well, I do like Penn State uh, quite a bit uh, against okay. Rutgers. I, I do. Uh, they're minus 31, and uh, that is at the top of my five college picks that I am uh, going to give to the audience here, uh, as a matter of fact. Uh, Penn State minus 31. It's at 11 a.m. start, and I just think that's going to be an absolute shipping uh, now, maybe I'm off the mark on this because you're right. The motivation you go from, you know, two weeks ago, you're playing as the number two team in the country and in the mix for the national championship. And now what are you playing for? But uh, I think that they're just going to put it on Rutgers in a big way and you won't even have a sweat on that 31. Uh, other games that I like, let's start with Friday night. These Friday night games. I mean, I, I don't know what it is psychologically. Do you know where I'm going with this with these Friday night games? I do. They, they just I, put up – it's like playing baseball at Coors Field. Yeah, it, it, defense optional. Yeah. Um, there was a time – it was my senior year in college, actually, that the Thursday night games, college-wise, all of them were going over. And uh, that, uh, that I, I just – I couldn't get enough of them. That you can't, uh, you can't I, go I, wrong here on Friday night, I think, with the over on BYU and UNLV. BYU isn't a team. They're awful themselves. They don't put up a whole lot of points historically, but UNLV doesn't play all that much defense, and they do score points, and the number is only 49 and a half. That's a Friday night special, so start your weekend off right with that one. <laughs> uh, you're already going to get Penn State minus 31 versus Rutgers at 11 a.m., and uh, three others that I like. I like Wisconsin minus the 11 and a half against Iowa. Now, I realize you're on Iowa plus the 13 when you add it into a four-team teaser. Mm -hmm. But I, I factor in the exact thing that, that you were, in my opinion, getting trapped by, and that is what Iowa just did against Ohio State. Now, the thing about Iowa is, and, and therefore it sets up the college football letdown, home, huge win, next week on the road against a good team. Uh, and that's what we've seen happen so many times. And then you overvalue the team that just had the home huge win where all of their emotions were in it. So that's why in Wisconsin, you can't question their motivation. Not only does Wisconsin have to win, they really need to put up some style points. The other side of that is is Iowa's losses this year have all been super close. Uh, and they have a couple of really good wins now that you look back on the schedule, whether it be Iowa State or Ohio State, of course, last week. So uh, I am still on Wisconsin, minus 11 and a half, uh, the motivation there. I'm surprised Alabama is only laying 13 and a half at Mississippi State. 
I don't necessarily expect that to be because Saban doesn't do it like a 50 to 10 type of deal. But I just think that they're going to cover a two-touchdown number, and I'm surprised it's only 13.5. So I'm on Alabama minus 13.5. Maybe it's because they didn't really look interested in putting up a bunch of points last week against LSU. I don't know. <laughs> but uh, I think they're going to win that thing uh, without a sweat either on the 13.5. And, a half. and uh, then Iowa State at home against Oklahoma State. Now, I would think you like this play uh, because Oklahoma State has had their hearts ripped out here. Uh, over the last few weeks, going from being right there, thinking national championship, to now um, you have T. Boone Pickens having to give out endorsements to Mike Gundy because he is on the hot seat in Stillwater. And uh, and, and, and Iowa State is getting six and a half at home against Oklahoma State. I think Iowa State's a damn good team. They're just Iowa State, so you don't assume that they're a damn good team. So I'm on Iowa State getting six and a half at home against Oklahoma State, but my favorite one is Penn State. Minus 31, I just think that's going to be in the 55 to 10 kind of category, and therefore that is my official lock of the week. So there it is. I did look at, the, I did look at that Iowa State game, and you know, last week they lost to West Virginia, and I, I don't know if you want to say the shine is off on Iowa State because I'm not necessarily sure it was Yeah, they were down 20 to nothing, and they were right there, though, yeah. when it was all said and done. Yeah, they came Matt back. Campbell is – I'll be interested to see what happens with Matt Campbell this offseason with the amount of jobs that are open. And, and see if he can be moved or if, if, if he'd be willing to jump ship and, and take a better job right away and, and if he would want it. You know, I, I do think you're going to start looking at this offseason of, of coaches and the motivation and the programs that are going to be open, you know, whether it's Tennessee, whether it's Florida, um, other jobs that may become available at that point too, of if guys will want to take that chance and, and stick their neck out and go into such a high-pressure situation. Uh, if you're looking for, I do like to have the three team teasers in the NFL, so I'm going to give one to our audience uh, here. You can get the Green Bay Packers plus 16 uh, with the 10 point swing uh, of the sweet the sweetheart teaser. So you can get them plus 16 in Chicago with a noon kickoff on uh, Sunday. You can get the over under of the Steelers and Colts down to 34. That is, yeah, my God, that is that's a lovely little thing right there. And then uh, my final one on the three three team sweetheart teaser, and I usually like to try and have them all at noon, and then you can uh, take your winnings and then double <laughs> then it you up. You can play at three. the next round exactly, yeah. but but this one because I want to give people a winner, of course, uh, to get the Cowboys and Falcons down to forty and a half. Uh, there is my official three team teaser that I will endorse. It's not as glamorous as the four team college football teaser or yeah teaser thirteen thirteen uh, yeah. points, but yeah. I just the college football there's so much variance. I feel like that the teaser can really burn you there. But with the NFL those overs unders, and then listen, I, I it's not like the Packers look real good, but getting sixteen points against the Bears, um, I just like to think they're going to right the ship in some capacity. And the Lions are a pretty good football team. Uh, it just gets highlighted how bad things are right now for Green Bay when they are uh, on Monday Night Football and losing by that kind of score to Detroit. So there it is. There is my official play for the weekend. I really, I will be watching this even though I'll be out of town and hoping that I've given the people much better counsel than I did last week. I'm embarrassed by that. The first podcast we do for picking and groaning here on the show, and I absolutely just have a, an absolute disaster of one and six. So... There, well, there all you can do is go up. Yeah, well, theoretically, theoretically, boy, would it be rough if it actually went down. But then at that point, people just know to bet against me, and, and then they can make money, so then they're happy with that. Producer Joe, appreciate it as always, sir. Thank you so much. Hey, don't we have a lock of the week? Oh, I thought I already gave mine. Have you, not, you haven't I, given yours. No, mine is the over of TCU and Oklahoma, 62 and a half. That's right. I that have is, not a dead that, that. You teased it, and that, we didn't get to it. That's correct. Yeah. 
Yeah, that is that is my uh, that is my lock of the week. And uh, you know, this is a team TCU, good defense. Don't get me wrong, but they've given up 33 points to nobodies this year too. And uh, Oklahoma has no problem scoring, but the problem is, is they can't stop anybody. So I do uh, I do like that over. That is my lock this week. Uh, there it is. The lock is uh, producer Joe on the over of TCU and Oklahoma. Uh, I am on. Uh, Penn State and Rutgers minus 31. Producer Joe, thanks for stopping by for another edition of Picking and Groaning. Safe travels, buddy. Thank you so much. There it is. Producer Joe with us here on the Tim McKernan Show. And uh, we always are grateful when he stops by the program to give the picks. Hopefully, I can get things back uh, as uh, I'm telling you, last week was an absolute disaster. I want to thank our sponsors, Ryan Kelly, as we broadcast from the HomeLoanExpert.com studios, the HomeLoanExpert.com. If you're in the market to buy a home, if you're in the market to refinance, the person to do business with is Ryan Kelly. He's online at the HomeLoanExpert.com. He has been uh, with me for years, and uh, I have done business. My family has done business with Ryan Kelly, and we can endorse them wholeheartedly at thehomeloanexpert.com and the staff he has. There's a reason why he's growing throughout the region. It's because of the great business and the money he can save you. And that is what Ryan Kelly does along with some outstanding customer service. It's thehomeloanexpert.com. People don't realize how much money they can save. Check it out. Enter in your numbers at thehomeloanexpert.com and see for yourself how much you can save. It's picking and groaning here on the Tim McKernan Show every Friday with producer Joe. And ideally, we have given you a much better set of games this week as opposed to the disaster that I provided you with last week. We'll keep an eye on it and we'll monitor it for next week. For everybody taking a listen to Picking and Groaning, thanks for stopping by as always. And for my producer, John Seymour, I'm Tim McKernan. This has been the Tim McKernan Show.